Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello! And welcome to the Full Gear Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on the weekend's pay-per-view AEW Full Gear. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts, where we review uh, AEW Dynamite, AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. We are live on YouTube, and I will get around to all of your lovely questions in due course. But Sid, we are here to review AEW Full Gear from the weekend. What did you make of the show? Oh, well, it was uneven. Another tale of two companies deal from All Elite Wrestling in 2023. And truthfully, I thought the best story that emerged on the night was not one that AEW told. There's been a lot of debate about AEW, a kind of a civil war amongst the fan base. Um, this wrestling versus sports entertainment debate has mm. raged on. It's become the defining discourse, I think, surrounding AEW in 2023. And my God... Were there two examples, two very pointed examples, and little ones, in fact, scattered throughout the night of uh, the approach they should take going forward? It felt almost like a message from on high. But we'll get to it um, as we delve through the matches. Yeah, it's sort of, like, on one hand, a very controversial main event and the way that they structured that throughout the show. On the other hand, the best Texas death match ever? I think so. Uh, best Texas Death Match ever. Best version of that kind of match AEW have ever done, and they've raised the bar over and over again before to try and make every one they do the best one. So just an incredible achievement. I love this show. I was I watched. I didn't watch live, and then I logged on to read the conversation that said you just described that civil war that is continuing. These be I get bits of evidence from one side in particular to say no, this is the way AEW's got to be. And I genuinely felt like the last couple of weeks where there's been this just this sneaking suspicion that they might actually be trying again, <laughs> was paid off. I just, I felt like as a pay-per-view experience, it was my favourite since Revolution, realistically. Um, the match quality wasn't anywhere near as high as the ones that Tony Khan's been carnival barkering about, but like, I don't care. Like, there's good matches in wrestling all the time. I need to care about the results. Mm. And the winners and losers made me feel like the booking on television has been, certainly in the last couple of weeks, just, just right at just the right time. But I did feel like I was in a minority. A lot of anger about <laughs> Sizable portions of this show. 
Yeah, before we uh, before we dive into it, I'll jump into some of the comments here. Uh, Matt Rains, thank you as always for your donations. Thank you, mate. Says, morning, gent. Sidge, I thought we'd do a live rating as I haven't done one in a while. Thought the show is sensational and in a hotter period would have done, been a 9.5 or 9.6. Having said that, 9.1 uh, out of 10 for me. Your thoughts? Oh, the thing is, and we will get into it and I will elaborate. Thank you for your donation. Uh, donation. Continued support means the world to me. Thank you so much. Um, either kept getting taken out of the show because, you know, my, I make a noise that you might be familiar with just throughout when certain things were getting announced. And then, all right, okay, Jay White's the new champion. And, uh, oh, no, someone else has got something to say about that. It is the um, surgically repaired, hobbling on one leg, Adam Cole, <laughs> creating a match graphic. And just a, a lot of the times throughout the show, which peaked very highly, I just went, huh? <laughs> so an 8.5. Okay. Huh. Very much informed by some, like, greatest of all time peaks. Let's dive into it then. Zero Hour, Eddie Kingston defended the ROH world title against Jay Lethal in a very sort of by-the-numbers, typical Jarrett lot trying to get involved, etc. But Eddie Kingston wins out in the end. Uh, actually, before we move past that, mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston's now putting his New Japan Strong and ROH World title on the line in this Continental Classic. Yeah, on the Continental Classic, very, very quickly, there's lots to go through, and I'm very excited to get into much of it. Um, I, I exited the f- experience of full gear and the presser in a worse mood about the Continental Classic than I was before I switched the show on. Mm. Two reasons primarily. That line... That WWE adjacent, put your money where your f***ing mouth is line on the press conference. I was kind of flabbergasted by that. Um, at first, I kind of knew it's, it's, a, it's a wrestling promoter doing something. There's always a cynical aspect to <laughs> whatever they do. But I did feel like it was a, a make good mm. of sorts, a celebration of the, the roster we have. Uh, you know what? It's kind of about time. We kind of did this thing on TV um, and not before time. Felt like a cynical response to a lot of criticism. But cynical in a good way, if that makes sense. Now it feels like spite. Oh, go on then. It feels like it's tailor-made to like neg people um, with like the clean finishes and everyone should be barred from mm. ringside and all the rest of it. Um, I don't want to say it's done out of spite, but it definitely felt like, uh, oh, well, if you think you could do it so well, here's something on a platter for you. Um, <laughs> I'll let you, Brian, win the precious belt, but then we'll see how we get on against Kane, shall we? That right sort there. of thing, yeah. And additionally, I love Eddie Kingston, but I do not believe in the belts he holds. I believe that he believes in them, mm-hmm. just, but I don't really believe in them. So when it, it all became about this triple crown, which I still kind of comprehend, incidentally, I went, ah. I was honestly, when they said, best tournament ever, that was Brian Danielson's words. Yeah. And when they said, 12 of the best, it was basically the G1. It was all elite wrestling, does the grade one climax tournament. And I was like, oh, okay, Kenny versus Airswerve, awesome. Uh, Danielson um, versus whoever, awesome. Briscoe. Yeah, yeah, but now I'm thinking, oh, is it that tier now? It's, it's not Omega going to wrestle um, Danielson in the final at Thingy. It's mm. not Omega versus Swerve, which oh my god, it's going to be 
a little bit less than that. It, do you know what for a, a prize that I don't really care about. Yeah, the vibe yeah. I got from it because I I didn't even necessarily early on envisage a trophy. Like I was like, we probably will do Owen Hart the Cup. Obviously, they have for that. But I, I wasn't picturing that. I was like, the bragging rights of saying you won this, that you could... Title shot at Revolution. Exactly, yeah. parlay into a title shot. Do you know what it felt like now? Like a this morning competition where it's like, you win flights to this place and 10,000 pounds. <laughs> and a car. It's like you win the New Japan Strong and the ROH and the, the Continental title. I, I, I don't know. What do you think of it? I loved the Eddie Kingston promo because I liked the one he cut. Because apparently on the show, you like things that make no sense. <laughs> it would... It would appear that way, hey, wouldn't hey, it? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, it was weird, yeah. Yes, I liked it because it made absolutely no sense. I was thinking about it as he was talking. I'm not the first person to raise this. It's a frigging round robin, Eddie, mate. Like, if you lose, yeah. the, if you lose the title in this first match, you're not even out of the tournament. And you've just given away your belts. That was pretty dumb. Like, so I was like, well, I want to see what that looks like. That's pretty weird. And then there'd already been a whisper somewhere else on the broadcast about, the, about a championship. I was like, don't say that word. I don't want a continental classic championship, whatever it is. It, they must have misspoke. Mm. It must just be a trophy, like you say. And then Kingston was like, yeah, three belts, three belts. I was like, what? And I want to look at it. I want to see what this huh? is about. But did Kingston just spoiler his way all the way at the final? Or oh, moreover, yeah. did he politic his way at the final? Well, I guess my belts are online every time, clean sweep. Yeah, like, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. That's a good point. Yeah, it does not work. If someone, if a heel beats Kingston in the early stages, they're the then, champion. Then, then they go. So you're going to put the, the all the belts on the line for the eventual winner? And they just go no. Yeah, it's it, like because uh, it's three it, points for a win, one for a draw. So that's going to confuse the Americans. What about overtime? <laughs> right, that's, that's, yeah. just, that's how football works. Like, what the hell is this? Goddamn TK with his, with his Fulham Jags over there. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into more of this later on with the confusion because uh, it's, good, it's good though. It's weird. We're going to dynamite. We've got like three out of a field of sixteen or whatever. Is we don't know the rules. We or the actually or anything. have called a few of them, haven't we? We didn't get Andrade, but we got uh, we got Mark, Mark Briscoe. Yeah, it's just weird. Let's start starting on Wednesday. I want to start doing maths. Yeah, can't even name the wrestlers. I know. Uh, yeah, Claudio beat Buddy Matthews on Zero Hour and MJF and Samoa Joe unsurprisingly retained the ROH tag team titles. They'd confirmed, hadn't they, on the night before that Samoa Joe was... Well, our, uh, Rampage, yeah. MJF had selected Samoa Joe as his partner, obviously giving him a title shot down the road. So they win, they celebrate, Samoa Joe leaves, and Adam Cole is left to watch MJF get pilmanized by the guns, a story that would lead into the show. I sense there's two different avenues on this angle straight out the gate. I'll go first. Because Sidge is, I think, going to reflect the takes of people watching more and listening more. I like correct takes. I like <laughs> I like show long storylines. And oh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty thick actually. And uh, me too. I, I'm the last guy that likes MJF. It would appear kind of the last guy to enjoy the MJF ADW title run. Um, but I will point out the plot hole that did annoy me. Samoa Joe isn't the number one contender. He's got a title shot of MJF. So you don't protect him for the duration of the tag. I get it. He's a heel. He wants to, like, preserve MJF here, but then after that, sod you. No, you've kind of set your stall out now. You kind of have to protect him until you get your shot. Yeah. Like, so him getting pilmanized. Because Jay White should, by rights, have defeated MJF. Yeah, like, so if, if they're attacking... And, MJ, that, and Jay White owes no title shot to Joe. Exactly, yeah. Who hasn't is, won the matches in the non-existing ranking system, that would get him to that level. Yes, this is very much, Sidge. 
Randy Savage got promised title shot by Slaughter. He didn't get promised one of Warrior. That's why Slaughter had to win. Joe should be protecting MJF's title, and that was a bit of a failing of this for me. I know there was one of many, really, but I just really liked uh, MJF being too injured and the drama that unfolded. The preposterous idea. I love the graphic. The like stupidity of this graphic. That's going to feature in a list that we're going to write in a few years' time. Mm. This match nearly happened. Like I like when they go full tilt on. Well, this stupid solution cannot fix this problem. Like, I never once believed... So what it did make me think, by the way, was that we were going to see that Adam Cole was the devil. The fact that he was randomly suddenly in the building, I thought the boot was going to come off and it was going to be revealed as nowhere near as serious as mm-hmm. we thought. And the match with Jay White was going to... Adam Cole, what's he doing? He's laying down. What's he frigging doing? And then that's he screwed MJF out of the title because I thought... And then even in the match itself, I was like, Cole must be thinking... He's just fucking showing up in an ambulance. There's my plan out the fucking window. Now I'm going to have to work this out and work this out. And then the, the belt shot tees with the ring of honor tag belt. Oh, my God. Like, I, th- I thought all of these things were going to be about Adam Cole revealing himself as the devil. And that's why all of this took place. And it didn't. <laughs> and I'm patient it still might. And you could still use all these clues. But yeah, I, exactly. I fully accept every criticism of which I've seen hundreds levied all of Exactly. The, the, the classic line that you automatically think of, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled thing, mm. in, in the usual suspects, is he's... He's walking, and then he could take off the boot and be walking normally. I get that that played into it, but I did have that mental process, Sid. Of, oh, what? Wait a second. Adam Cole isn't medically cleared to defend the ROH tag belts, but you want to defend the AW World title in the main event? Have at it. It's just, it was, all of this was so absurd, nonsensical, and overthought. And I don't think the ends even remotely justified the means, but we'll get into that when we review the main event. So Adam Cole is not medically cleared to defend the ROH World Tag Team titles. He is suddenly permitted to ch- uh, defend on MGF's behalf. He yes. doesn't even want it, which is another, everything's bad. Like, everything is bad. It's one of those things, like, the more you think about it, the stupider it gets. So he cannot, he isn't medically cleared to defend the ROH World Tag Team titles. He is then cleared, otherwise AEW would have a massive, massive Uh sort of problem legally on their hands. If you think about this thing for more than a second, and this promotion used to encourage that, Um, but he is allowed by the medical team to defend and hop in, literally, to, on someone else's behalf, so he doesn't really care that much about the title, he cares more about his friendship, like, give me a break. Um, The AEW world title, right, and before Tony Khan rules, okay, my badly injured, one of my top stars who could and will suffer an injury in this match that could end his career, right? All right, okay, you can do that, but until you interject, I'll just award Jay White the title um, before um, vacating it and creating an interim which I've set the precedent for doing, which that was weird. itself <laughs> was a terrible mistake. Like reward the attack. We've set this attack up. We've yes. put him in the hospital. Well, you're the champion. Then well done. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely absurd, nonsensical. They haven't thought anywhere near enough about it. In fact, they've thought too much about everything else. Mm. And it was just so impossible to invest in. Like, so impossible. And I think I was in a mood before the main event began. Um, we'll get to it. We'll get to everything else. We haven't even started reviewing the show yeah. yet. But the idea that... They did all of this, like every single person on X. Like these, I feel bad. These aren't insights. These are just the complaints everyone has made, the questions everybody has asked. I wonder if I just watched the guns, like attack MGF in a stairwell or an alleyway backstage or whatever before the match, and he's like, "No, I'm doing it. 
It's like, well, you know, it's probably not a good idea to clear you, but I don't care, I'm going to do it. And then has the 30 minutes leg cell match. If it wasn't so convoluted, maybe I would have been kinder. But the whole irony of all, you know, there's still be stories in wrestling and stories this and characters this and story first. It's that when you tell a bad one and not the simplest one possible, right, okay, and an idea to be too clever about it is that you actually ruin the investment before the bell rings. Just on this minute, I know, flying all over the place here. <laughs> I will say, questions yet. <laughs> the, the one single take that everybody agreed on before Jay White and MJF last week. Was that there were at least 10 things wrong with it? Was that there was <laughs> never going to be a title change. This is a total well, I, overcorrection, though. I will accept that. I think they addressed that. I think this whole show-long story, MJF getting injured, regardless of how it played out. Now, I am speaking a lot in AW at the moment about cleaning up messes, right? And I know that's not best practice. Just well, let's make, create 10 more, then. Don't make the mess. I appreciate you're not supposed <laughs> to make the mess. But I feel like... This was another attempt to clean up a bit of a mess. We've kind of bodged this story. Nobody really buys Jay White as being able to win this title. And there were at least, I would say, sort of three hot near falls in the main event that made you think he might. Now, regardless of if that's because Adam Cole was there or because MJF was overselling the knee or whatever, overcorrection is right. Why did he pin him then? Stop making the mess. Well, this is the, uh, well I, I, I will say... Could have just built the whole thing around the Blade Runner. I will say... I, I because they'd already done that on TV, which is wasteful in retrospect. Yeah. I did, I did buy uh, Jay White winning the title because I thought, well, if he doesn't, he's absolutely finished. But we'll get back to that. I don't yeah. think he's finished, but it's not good. I it's mean, a long road back. It's a booking casualty, isn't it? Why? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, I, why would I ever buy him winning any match ever again? Yeah, but, you know. He can't beat a one-legged match. Challenges after leads, don't they, sometimes? Like, I, but not like this. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not, no. Anyway. It would matter more if I, yeah. Start at the beginning of the show. People have personal investment and you would be devastated. Uh, but, sorry, it was Christy Cage, Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland with oh, Ric yeah. Flair. Yeah, yeah. And, don't ruin it. And a, a mirroring of the low blow sh- shot from yes, twenty twenty PC Raw. Yeah. Yeah. That was. It's one of those where it's like I initially popped, but then I thought I don't want to enjoy this. Mm. I don't even want to enjoy the fictional catharsis of someone doing something bad and deserved to a bad person. Mm. So I was like, I was like, ah, oh, no, 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 they're not allowed anything. Yeah. This match, we're not going to go on the play-by-play, move-by-move. You've seen it. Yeah. And we have a limited time frame. Um, It was class for what it was. Mm. They basically did nothing with Copeland and Christian, but that was the point. That was the central story of the match. They did an incredible job of it. Um, And they left me wanting them to actually interact Mm. later down the line. Considering this was a match to build a match, and that's often... The connotations of that are often quite bad. This is the perfect way of doing that. Like... Christian Cage wrestled this match like a cockroach. They talk a lot about his diamond shot mind. Like Copeland was just saying how everyone looks better in the ring. A lot of people saw Christian Cage's mind for this business. And you see it a lot. But like he got he, they crystallized it here. Like the idea that his mind and how to structure a match and what to do in a match and when and what to build going forward was on display mentally because he was barely physically present. Like his cowardice <laughs> practically acted like a sensor for whenever Copeland was about to get in the ring, just like a a cockroach, a rat scurrying away. And then just the little things that he does or barely does in this match to just be a bastard, but to avoid his comeuppance were glorious. Like the bit where Darby Allen's running the ropes. It's like, you can just see things that nobody else can. It's like, right, I'm just going to get his head, crack it across the back of the back of the head, top turnbuckle. That will allow Luchasaurus to just, Chokeslam on the apron, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And then he borrows a note from Dax Harwood, 2016 NXT, goes under the ring to cut mm. off a hot tag. He's like, he's wrestling 
in secret, trying to be invisible because he doesn't want Copeland to see him and kick his ass. And then he runs away when he gets caught. You want to see that match. the crowd. They'll be copying their own homework from the Sting, Derby and Punk match, isn't yeah. it, with MJF? It was brilliant that time. It's worked again. So you get Christian Cage being a complete cockroach, invisible coward. He then runs away. You then get like the three cool baby faces and their wonderful aesthetic, which oh. I'll get to you on. And you get to see them do their greatest hits. And then you save Christian Cage versus Copeland for another day for what it was and what it functioned to do. This wasn't a blow away great match. I thought it was really, really good, but it was perfect for what it was. Yeah, fantastic opener. One of many on this show where it was in exactly the right spot to maximize, I think, like... I don't want to say minimal TV investment, but just like that kind of mid-TV investment. Mm. I don't think we're possibly as excited as you I should. I like it and yeah. admire the booking, but I don't love it. Yeah, six months ago on paper, this was a far more fascinating prospect than what we've arrived at, but it just fit perfectly as an opener. The three baby faces looked unbelievable in the matching gear. We've seen like, so like Edge with the half face paint with Darby Allen and the two of them, and the way they like put over Sting at the end, Darby Allen with all his... Effing and Jeffing because he's excited because he was off to climb Everest today. He's not, uh, apparently. Oh. I think he's doing his training to okay. do it because there's a limited window in which to do the tours mm. between April and something else. It's uh, mad. Uh, but I, it was just seeing them all together. It did It was very effective at, again, like telling you the story of what these three would look like as a team, as well as just the, the Christian thing. It was like, Edge, well, not Edge, but Edge, Sting, and Darby Allen. Oh, yeah. And they, they produce that. They gave you that visual, and that's not easy to pull off because you have these kind of like wild expectations in your head. It's, it was Punk, Darby, and Sting, and it was also like Rey Mysterio going to New Japan and forming the babyface super team. You know, like it was just one of these great moments, and Sting should now only have great moments. He should deal exclusively in moments like this, and it's such a great thing they've got till Revolution to just produce more of them. This should be one of those fun things that Tony Khan gets to do at work. Like, what more magic can we make with Sting mm. while we still got him? Like, and all the wrestlers will want to do it. Like, Edge will have probably bought those jackets. Are you kidding? We all get to dress up as mates. <laughs> I'm banging on Like, that's such a great thing you've got with Sting. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, and, the, yeah, the dynamic, like, because I was very uh, snarky of, like, a start, Christian gets in, Edge get, uh, Adam Copeland gets in, and I was like, well, why would you just waste that, like, arms full? Why would you do that straight out of what the a, gate? That's what a mark. And then I was like, oh, brilliant. And then was, you said you didn't want to fight him. Now you really want to. And he's being a little bitch and running off into the crowd. It was really good fun. First time. <laughs> and then, and, and then the, 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 they're like, you've got full face, but you've got this half of your face, and you've got this on. Really Suddenly good. the raw reviews we do make so much <laughs> yeah. sense. Uh, let's get the international title match next. Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Off the, obviously brilliantly built with the uh, Mox no sell of the Orange Punch on Dynamite. And that factored into this match as well. Very, very, very good, but also bittersweet. This would have worked so much better had the original plan unfolded without mm. the horrible real-world circumstances of the injury and everything. Because if you notice, the, uh, I'm pretty sure the dynamite after All Out, Cassidy sold the devastation of that title loss, and that was meant to be his character arc of not the same without it. Not only do I want to try, but I just want to keep trying. That's my new character. And he was disconsolate over losing it. And I think the idea was Moxley was just going to win and win and win and win and win. And Cassidy was going to win back the belt, thus canonizing him as, you know what, if he beats John Moxley clean, he's he's on that top tier of yeah. Mox, Jericho, MJF, whatever. They, the story they told in this match reflected that because Mox was in full final boss mode, just eating everything, no-selling everything, 
like swaggering around like road warrior hawk is like <laughs> the whole and i thought it was totally like really good showmanship badass performance but that would have resonated and i would have felt so much more for it mm. had he actually destroyed all comers himself um but he hadn't he wasn't even he didn't even have the the gold to get back off him of course yeah you know what i mean because of the phoenix stuff so i it just felt like so it felt like the thing that orange Cassidy had to do to become in that tier, but it also felt like the thing AEW had to do to reset the board. So really good story. I just think that there was a disconnect because of the previous month. Yeah, I, I will say, like, it was never going to live up to the quality, the sheer quality of the all-out match and the story that we were all telling our heads before the injuries. I think that's the worst thing is that what they've done is they put the building blocks in place with just how fantastic that all-out main event was. And then Orange Cassidy's immediate follow-up that you had already you'd arrived yeah. at this match on this pay-per-view. You just never would have predicted the way we got here. But even when the best match on this show, you could argue, was a little bit overthought. I still can't make my mind up, but you could certainly have that argument that mm. even the best match was overthought. I was just really impressed with how unfussy this was. This was everything I wanted. Said on the preview, like, I just want Orange Cassidy to win. I just want something to feel. With John Moxley, I just want it to feel conclusive because I sort of feel like because of the BCC's weird year, I feel like I had the Hangman Page loss taken away from me a little bit, you know, mm. and it, like he did it twice, really. He did that finish and then did it again in Blood and Guts and he tapped out on Utah's behalf, didn't he? Or he gave up on Utah's mm. behalf. I don't really feel like I've had any sort of proper John Moxley character development. Oh, he's angry. Big deal. He's always angry even when he's in the best <laughs> mood. This was definitive. Like, John Moxley was not the better man and you don't get to say that very often in this way. And I like that. Again, just unfussy. It got Orange Cassidy where he needed to be. Uh, and I don't know, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think the national title is where he needs to be anymore. He has surpassed that. This is Steve Austin winning back the Intercontinental title when it's very clear he needs to be moving onwards and mm. upwards. So you now probably need to find the right person for Orange Cassidy to hand that belt to, but the Moxley element of it has been effective for me. Did you think when Claudio and Wheeler sort of tended to him yeah. that they were going to turn on him. Oh, I, was I got really it. I was excited. I got it, yeah. really excited. Lost faith in the leader. And then it was just like the best friends came out. I was like, oh, we're all fighting again. Yeah. Squabbling again. <laughs> uh, we did get our first title change of the night in the next match, though. Hikaru Shida was defending the AW Women's World Championship against Timeless Tony Storm. Uh, winning via, what was it? It was like a plate or something. Like a metal, serving, metal yeah. serving tray. An ace. Uh, having they'd already done the shoe spot, which I thought was very clever. Of like, here's the shoe. Actually, second shoe. Um, this was very uh, rubbish entertainment. Well, this is the point I made in the intro. Okay, it felt like there was a story like fated upon AEW. If that makes any sense, I have seen Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm right wrestle a way better match than this. This was borderline disaster because of the stupid gimmicks. That was smothered on top of it, and it all went awry. Um, like I'm not saying there's no value in this timeless Tony Storm character. The certainly the genesis of it was incredibly funny, um, but you know you overcomplicate things, and sometimes you just get made a fool of. And that's exactly what happened here when Hikaroshida logically went after Tony Storm's already minced chest. I was into it. When Tony Storm was clobbering Tony, Hikaru uh, Shida was clobbering Tony Storm on the back of the neck. I was getting really into it. And then they did the decoy with the shoe and the plate. And oh my God, 
this Can't just comes. Can't get herself DQ'd technically as well. She got the kendo stick. Technically, no. I think Luther's timing was off. So I think oh, is that what that was. I, I mean, think she was going to go for, or maybe she was just going to go for a few of these. Like they forget about titles and yeah. DQs and oh, God, the Eddie. Yeah. Like everyone's obsessed with the Eddie Guerrero thing at the moment. It's like, well, if the champion gets DQ'd, no bother. You just get the loser's share of the yeah. person. You keep your belt. <laughs> They're forgetting that a lot. That was a plot hole at Wembley, and it was forgivable, but yeah. it was a pretty big one. The idea that Aubrey Edwards just had to ignore that there was a metal plate sticking out of her ass was just absolutely. Like, it was just unfathomably stupid, and it just felt so unbelievably fake. It just wasn't playing along at all, and she actually had to go back, do more mugging for the camera while she mm. put it back in there for what felt like, um, you, you know, the bin lids used to get in the Attitude Era. No, yeah. the bacon sheets used to get oh, in yeah, that. Yeah. Felt like they just stenciled one of them and took it out. Like, poor Sheeta having to sell that when later on Hangman and Swerve were doing all of that. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. Anything like, this is just so stupid. But almost poetically bad is my um, succinct description of this match. I'm not quite sure as well. Overthought again. I'm not quite sure why this Tony Storm needed to cheat like that to win. I thought this match was a disappointment. I don't think it hit the height mm-hmm. of a Sheeta Storm match. I don't think the fans were particularly with it. I don't think some of the timeless Tony Storm character stuff when she was on offense worked as well. But just because it's not over yet, she was doing like some of the wind-up punches and that, and I get that she's trying to almost like play into this new gimmick. She's, but you shouldn't do it at the expense of your work. You should be able to fold one into the other. And I think she's still working out that, and I think that's fine. But it was already like trending quite uh, way below what we all thought it was going to be because of the two of them. And then I cannot for the life of me fathom why she had to win like that. Like Timeless Tony Storm. a baddie. Yeah. But like the Luther distraction could just like make time for her to get back in the match and then beat her. She pointed Tony Storm being so effective in AEW is that she has kill shots. Like, mm. it's not just like with or without the tray, like that is a finisher. The Storm Zero, the Storm One, these are vicious kill shots. Right. You know? On that, on that, Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer, figure4weekly.com, wrestlingobserver.com. <laughs> I love him. I love him. We say this yeah, affectionately. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we love him. figure4weekly.online.com, wrestlingobserver.com. Yeah. Let him use to get into Dave. I love him. I love him. Tell him what happened. He is a former worker, used to recoil in horror at the hip attack. Like, mm. genuinely, yeah. every single week, Thursday, my commute home, love listening to that podcast, Brian Alvarez would recoil in horror at the idea that someone's going to get her doing that move. I don't know how she works it. Mm. Right. Did anyone have that feeling when that thing was sticking out of her ass? No. With this stupid gimmick? No. Then, no. then shelve it! You made it worse. Yeah. Correct. And they did do the... Or they're, they're plotting the all about all about Eve? Yeah, all about Eve. Mariah May. Flowers afterwards. They, they called it. Didn't have to call it. She's literally giving her her flowers. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to call that bit. I like, I like it when you call it on Raw. <laughs> and I still like the black and white stuff, by the way. I like the like I like that visual effect. I welcome it. It's something a bit different, isn't it? Looks a bit looks a bit looks a bit different to the rest of the show. It's the buffet, isn't it, Sage? <sighs> yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I signed up for. And this is Mr. Black and White. He supports Newcastle. Twenty percent of me does. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um moving on. Four way ladder match. Timeless tuna last yeah. When was the, when did this become oh a ladder yeah. match? Over the week, over the Friday night, yeah. Did the champs call for it? Did I see a promo where Starks and Big Bill were like, well, I better fight in a bloody ladder match or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
It was uh, the champs, Ricky Starks, and Big Bill uh, versus LFI <laughs> versus FTR versus the Kings of the Black Throne. Oh, my God, I love this match so much. Yeah, I had no expectation to enjoy this match. I have been completely and utterly um, desensitized mm. to ladder matches. But then, ah, Tony Khan, man, Tony Khan. <laughs> You'll do something, you think. you still got this. You're still fighting for that title <laughs> of Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Best Cooker and Promoter of the Year, 2023. It's on this Tony Khan. Because you, <laughs> when you realize the assorted talents of those involved. It's like what a hybrid match this was. You got horse fight elements, like a really sort of like rugged, unvarnished mm-hmm. scrap element with FTR. Um just gluing it together in a really nice way where there was like attempts to win and just attempts to fight and not just, you know, erect a platform for a high spot, etc. 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 And I just like the whole idea was this kind of a showcase for what passes for the tag division on cl- uh, collision, and it was awesome. And I wanted at least three of these teams like create separate tag team belts so I can just enjoy some of them being champions. <laughs> I love them so much. Malachi Black, right? Not to be reductive, but he's tried to be spooky throughout his career, and it really hasn't worked. On occasion, he's got this presence, like that dynamite debut mm. entrance. Like certain times when he sat down, it's like there is an aura in you. My God, he was like a poltergeist. With that spot oh, with the ladder. the ladder. It's like, oh my God, it's like magic with a K. It's like you are actually <laughs> performing in character. And this is, again, goes back to my little conceit I'm developing about sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. And how you can do things in the context of a wrestling match that tell stories without all this hacky, episodic stuff, which you kind of have to do. And I have enjoyed it. But I've heard him talk bollocks routinely, and I don't think I could ever adequately explain what he's saying. In the body of a wrestling match, in that magic moment of suspended disbelief, I thought he could make ladders move (laughs) with his mind. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it was just so clever and so ingenious and so in character. You can do all this without talking bollocks. Any props oh, or skits. And then you see a Ganzo bomb through a suspended oh, ladder, geez. and I thought Jalisco's got no head left. Yes. What a shame. Unbelievable. What a shame. <laughs> What's even the best pile driver on it? Well, was, there was another pile driver on a ladder. That was absolutely incredible. Jalisco brought the hide flying. You had yeah. the horse fight. FTR were just brawling. Roosh, by the way, is a hot take for a podcast for you. Gunther's still got the best chop in wrestling. I'm not going to do any sacrilege here, right? But what's so good about him, it's like the Okada dropkick of chops. Like, he knows exactly when to do the loudest mm. one at the right moments in the match. Roosh, right, with, like, no drawback or registering whatsoever, can just go like that. Yeah. And it's like, all right, okay, you've just flayed someone's skin <laughs> off. Like, what do you call him in football? No backlift. Yes, yeah. no backlift. I just does that. It's like, ah, like, kicked Dax Harwood's ass on collision. It was absolutely great. Uh, this match made me feel things for a ladder match and how creative without being contrived and waiting around. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was all the things that it had no right to be, really. Like, the, it was a four-way. I mean, despite the rich history of them, I don't like watching them all that often. It was a ladder match. Don't need any of them. It was a division like, it was a roster more than a division. It felt House like of Black getting a shot for what yeah, reason? They, they're on the tag roster. They oh, because they kick shot. ass, that's why. <laughs> Kings of Black Throne. And you've got Cash doing his John Moxley <laughs> arm impression on the top rope, trying to keep his balance before that high spot. Oh, yeah. Like, they had to reset the ladder for that, and I just forgave him. I was like, yeah, because that happened at the end of it. I was like, fine, just keep doing it. Loved um, 
Starks, like it wasn't that he wasn't in the match. But Shades um, of Adam Cole at like, War Games 2017. That's, he's like, I'm not going to give you one, but uh, like, <laughs> I want to see a heel act a like raw. that. <laughs> in a multi-person ladder match, I like that kind of character work because there's time and a place to do those big bumps and go for it. But if you're a champion and you're a heel, just avoid it all as mm. best as you can. And like you get the big moment at the end. It's, I don't know, it's one of those ways that you get a bit of character in your multi-man ladder match because I would say the Brody King spot, the same. Like there is that is absolute psycho behavior, and I love Big Bill, but Big Bill can't do that. He, if he does a Ganzo bomb, it's like we'll just make him the rest of the year then because he's completed the whole game. But he <laughs> can't do a Ganzo bomb, but Brody Lee, uh, Brody King can. Yeah, and I just think like Ricky Starks getting to have the moment of he can do almost nothing in this and then claim victory. That's his job. The rehabilitation of Ricky Starks is one of my favorite AEW projects of the year. From where we were at, what the Jericho defeat to now, yeah, I think has been like, and it's. It's like wrestler and promotion. I think it's both sides that are finally... You can see it in the press conference between him and Tony Khan. There's some harmony there again, and it's nice. Yeah, it really nearly got undone by a veteran. And Chris Jericho. No. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to your questions as well. Yes. I think you might have forgot, but I haven't. Don't uh, I'll remember. Don't worry. We'll get around to them uh, in a second. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before that, though, we have to talk about the uh, three-way for the AWTVS Championship. Chris Statlander, Sky Blue, and Julia Hart. Match of two halves for me, this, because originally they were doing these um, somewhat contrived three-way spots that all resulted in Sky Blue and Julia Hart creepily staring at one another. Yeah. <laughs> and that really just, uh, when they started doing that, I was like, all right, hang on, okay, so what makes it creepy? Um, all right, okay, there is apparently a physical property within mist that can change your personality. That is borderline, supernatural, bobbins stuff that I hate. It's like, what? Has the mist changed you? Okay, it's, well, it's like, it's like half-switched sky blue, isn't it? Like Willow was like, I'm fine. Sure, Mulder's probably on the case. Watching <laughs> AW. Because this is an X file. <laughs> so I hated that. It was really dumb. It's really dumb. I just couldn't explain it as if well. If you think about the implication as well, it's, it's absolutely stupid. Yeah. That's the explanation. 
Unless it's symbolizing, unless the mist is like a visual symbol of the change that would have happened through betrayal and stuff, which is one way hot they can law, square it. Hot law. Get off my head. I've got a crown. Let's not remember Sky. So maybe then. these are props that are meant to visualize the personality shift rather than like magical properties that inform the personality shift. Either way, it's lame as shit. I do not like <laughs> it. But second half of this match, and again, Got a conceit going here. It's funny, right, that when Chris Startlander does oh the kip up from the double team to evade it, and then Chris Startlander th starts throwing these wonderful high-angle Germans. Oh, my God. And then Chris Startlander <laughs> with, oh, my, good snap. Oh, my God. Throws herself down yeah. neck first on that uh, code blue. It's funny, like, the, the powerhouse badass professional wrestler either throwing people around or getting thrown around wakes up the crowd and has the second half of this match, like, really cooking, as there the kids say. Maybe there's a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> do you also do a dodgeball reference as part of her entrance? Yeah, she was... Um, she, loves, she loves her... What's he called? Stiller. Yeah, she had the Ben Stiller gear on for Because she's done Zoolander before oh. as well. Uh, aye, those suplexes were unreal. Yeah. So good. Um, I, w like, I think the right time was now to switch yeah. the belt. Statlander's reign has been a positive one, if at times unspectacular because it's AEW and they just don't really give the women's division a platform. But Statlander's been great in the role. Julia Hart had another good night, I thought. They're, it is daft. The Sky Blue stuff is weird because they've never really made it that clear on television where Sky Blue sits. Like, they started this match as if, well, we're going to have to form an uneasy alliance. An unholy alliance, yeah. if you will. <laughs> to stop Chris Atlander, and then they just stopped the alliance. <laughs> that was that. Like, that just fell away. <laughs> uh, but the sequence at the end as well for the finish was tremendous. Like, I've been so impressed with, like, I don't know if Julia Hart was just doing so much in the background. And in AEW... One of the advantages of having a terrible women's division is that you can develop loads while nobody's watching or paying attention because most of your stuff happens on Rampage slash Ring of Honor and then you get like one rep per six mm -hmm. weeks on Dynamite so you can't get buried. But this last, what, like three months? Mm. I think she's worked herself into this position. I think the character was the most over in the match. You could feel that as well. The momentum was with her to win the belt. It's the right time and the right call. And I look forward to this title reign. And another trend in the anti-sports direction, like, Julie Hart didn't beat Chris Statlander for this belt. Like, she beat Sky Blue, and, you know, not being funny, over the past 12 months, who hasn't? Because for a long time, Sky Blue was positioned as the person who gets beat quite frequently to give her reps. Yeah. So. Rematch. Re but it'll be loud and earned and a big thing at um, Statlander's hometown in World's End. I expect that's mm -hmm. where it's going. So they deserve a big atmosphere for their work and their combined efforts this year. So hopefully that happens at World's End. Yeah, and no, I'd be absolutely fine with Statlander moving up to the to the world title, especially off the back of this performance, like you say. She's yeah. just she's just brilliant. Where's my burrito? <laughs> uh, right, let's get to it, Sige. Texas Death, Hangman Adam Page... Swerve Strickland and the Nanettes. Oh, my God. That's such poorly timed because now it looks like I'm a pervert. <laughs> Sorry. Great entrance. Great That's no, tremendous, huh? Yeah. I mean, this match is absolutely incredible. Easy five stars. It was flawed. You could argue that they both missed the peak and didn't rely on the distraction. So that was kind of flawed, which should theoretically take a rating down. Yet there were certain moments in this match and feelings that it evoked and just the sheer artistry, whereas like better than perfect. So it kind of balanced out for me 
at Perfect. My God, this was something else. In terms of the sheer commitment of violence, like even in one of like the less heralded spots, that wasn't one of the big action set pieces, right? Just something you kind of see in a death match. In fact, um, Hamman Page took this exact bump, I think, in the Moxley one at Revolution, where turnbuckle, uh, sorry, barbed wire chair, wedge between the top and middle turnbuckle, and you just like get you get thrown into it. Adam uh, Page, his commitment to the violence and getting the tone of this right was such that. It felt like a 90s striker doing a diving header into an open goal. Like, that's just how hard he did it. <laughs> it's like, that's how hard he went in this match. And just the artistry, like, the, the bit where he's uh, stapled his child's finger paints to his cheek. Oh. That, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. But there's an early sequence with accompanying iconic, instantly iconic visuals that weren't just awesome in and of themselves, weren't just, won't just be scorched into your psyche when you remember this and this year of your life and this period of AEW, this incredible milestone in their respective careers, but it just set the tone of this brilliant story wonderfully. You've got Hangman Page drinking Swerve Strickland's blood. Oh my God. Wait there, wait there. I need to put someone over on Twitter because this is absolutely amazing. And I would not put this level of thought, bear with me very quickly, past <laughs> Hangman Page. But I didn't notice this, so I'm going to shout out the person who did. Um, It was Jamie Phillips. The stable gun and blood drinking spot. Am I the only one who thought the symbolism there was that Hangman was underneath Swerve, like when Swerve was looking down onto the cot? Oh, nice. Very That's good. really good. Yeah. So, Swer uh, Hangman drinks Swerve Strickland's blood. Oh, my God. Spits it out. It's just an absolutely incredible visual. Mm -hmm. Swerve Strickland gets a staple gun back off him, and it should be so hard to do this. Like, we were talking. Does it mean you were talking about how so few people can do crazy in wrestling? You've got Terry Funk. Yeah. You've got Kingston when he gets that. Energy. That petrol can energy. Yeah. Fully cane Jewy. Like it's so big show. Shut up, man. It's so Seth it's so hard to do crazy. Yeah. It is so hard. And swerve with that maniacal cackling. I'm just gonna staple myself. Not only did it pull off crazy, which puts this as five stars before anything, because it's virtually impossible in pro wrestling the righteous. I'm sorry. Between those two iconic visuals, you've got Hangman Page saying I can kill you, and I'm determined to kill you. I will kill you by hemorrhage and drink the blood. And then you've got Swerve going, go on then, I can't die, I can't die, mm -hmm. kill me, kill me, kill me. That impossible tone was somehow extended throughout this entire unbelievable match. It was, you know how impressive it was that Eddie Kingston walked down to the ring in that first Anarchy in the Arena mo uh, match, and it's like, I can believe that he wants to kill someone in that moment. That was that, but for like 30 minutes of the most exhilarating professional <laughs> wrestling you've ever seen in, in your entire life. Not only did Swerve break the motor scale, but when he put the water over his face, it's oh. just a blood <laughs> waterfall yeah. came out. I was like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? <laughs> like I, that's what you're meant to think. And he, you're not really meant to think that in a death match. You're meant to think, oh, these two people are, they really hate each other and they're going to really badly hurt each other. You're not really meant to think, how's oh, he going to die? Or does he want to kill him? How did they conjure this? It was just pro wrestling magic, one of the greatest spectacles I've ever seen. That magic thing we talk a lot about, sometimes it's as simple as I feel it and don't think about it, or I thought about this too much and couldn't get into it. Just felt the most mm. like, awe, horror, revulsion, 
anxiety, everything. There's a bit, like, obviously all the major set pieces were built too brilliantly. Like, the facial expressions were fantastic. There's a bit, I mean, he's pile-driven pile him onto that thin guardrail. Have you ever, like, hit the top of your head really hard? Like, it knacks. Like, um, there's a place, Nicholas, well, actually, we might all this, Power League Soccer. It's a five-a-side court in Dunstan Gateshead, right? And the goals are probably this low, but very wide. I once picked up the ball uh, and just stood up as if I didn't think anything was there, and I've just smacked the crown of my head, but everyone's probably hit the crown of their head, so they've done that more. I'm not even crying, actually, so... On the thinness <laughs> of that guardrail. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's just spectacular. And there was a bit as well, I was like, who am I, who, who am I to doubt... Elsewhere via El Hangman because uh, they do a bit where I, I got like that groan of ah, lads, like not a cinder block because you know we see them in WWE. And I'm not making this a WWE versus AEW thing, even though the conceit of wrestling versus sports entertainment. So I kind of am. <laughs> well, you see it and you think, oh, it's just going to crumble and you're going to really take me out of this. No, it just uh, bumps on a f- brick <laughs> <laughs> and it looked agonizing. Just commitment, tone, artistry. Like everything about this was a goddamn masterpiece. And here's another thing about my conceit, right? Something goes wrong with silly gimmicks, and you've got this tiny little bit of metal, and it's slipping out of someone's trunks, and it barely hits them in the face, right? Something goes wrong in this match, and you hit Hangman Page on the back with a chair, uh, and it looks like Hangman Page is flossing his freaking teeth with barbed wire. Like even when it went wrong, it went right. Mm. Like as I said, you could make the argument that there was unnecessary interference, and they may have missed their peak in terms of that feeling of, oh, my God, people are going to die or get horribly injured in this match. Like They didn't maintain that feeling throughout, but it was such an impossible feeling that I can't remember ever happening in professional wrestling ever. Maybe Necro versus Joe. This is like a more elegantly worked version of it. That I thought, uh, Instant Five, one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Jesus Christ. Sorry, talk, otherwise I'll keep going. It went like half an hour as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it, was, it absolutely it was, flew by. It was 10 seconds, going to Wikipedia, 10 seconds longer than the main event. Like, I can't believe that. Like, it was just, AW lately, one of the biggest complaints we've had, I think, has been about tone or the tonal shifts or the simple lack of understanding what even tone you're trying to take. And Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland might be the best example of that. Like, to go from the home invasion to nothing, really, to one last attack from Hangman Page just in time for this pay-per-view. Um, not once did this veer in terms of tone. This struck the right tone all the way through, and that was key because there is nothing worse than watching a match like this when the fans don't really feel it and you don't really feel it, and yet they are really hurting each other. Like, I know it's not real, but like the, some of the cuts and the bumps and whatever, like when the wrestlers are doing the things that these were doing to each other and it's simply not taking, it's an exhausting watch for the viewer, and it's just sad. I recently rewatched Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly for a list. I was going to say, why would you do that? For, uh, right. for research purposes, and it's just devastating to watch these two hurt each other and nobody care. Mm. Like, And the storyline was such that had just maybe the first minute not really taken, then it's, you'd be reminded, oh, he did the home invasion, then Paige did nothing about it. All that little complaints you had along the way might have knackered all of this, but from the very beginning, they absolutely nailed it. Hangman Page, when he's on... He is one of the best of all time. At his angriest, yeah. such as the running, and such as all of this match, at his angriest, is his best self. Mm-hmm. And I loved the run-up to the Kenny Omega match, and I think it was vital that he was the anxious millennial cowboy, and they had a, a they gambled on how to uh, tell the story of a new kind of babyface and stuff like that. 
it's probably time to leave that one well alone for a good while. Like Hangman Page needs to start getting angry because he's been defeated here because mm. he's like, he's got to stay angry for a while now. It's not as simple as that, and nor should it be. Like with a character like Page, but I just think uh, off the back of this defeat and off the way that he wrestled this, he should be going into uh, generic singles matches with this kind of fire and with <laughs> this kind of anger because I think this is the way back. Hangman Page, generally I do. It hit me watching this match that I don't think Hangman Page is a top, 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 top guy, but I think he's one of the very, very best ever to light the way. I said before this pay-per-view, he'd made Swerve before this match. Mm -hmm. Genuinely, I believe that. Swerve's interactions with Page have proven Page the guy to open the door for a Swerve Strickland at the main I'm event. desperate for him to get another title reign to prove you wrong here. Well, and I think he will. I think he'll get another title reign, but I don't think he'll prove me wrong. I think there is absolutely nothing. Look, like I'm a Brett guy and he never drew, and Vincent Mann never believed him to be a star, but he obviously never saw him work in Germany. Like, I think there are pockets <laughs> of people that will adore Hangman Page in the way that I adore Brett the Hitman Hart, but he'll never be the guy to lead. But what a wrestler to ready other guys. What a gift he remains to AEW. In a I think he's a genius. In a situation like this, like, what a gift he is. And I just, like, this will be, I think Sige mentioned it there, like, this will be something you remember when you think of 2023. It was yeah. a, you know, it was a, a match of the year candidate slash match of the year. I'm saying that, you know, people are thinking that straight away. Uh, it will be one of the defining moments of AW's 2023 when most of them were looking to be negative. Mm. So it's even put, like, a nice spin on the year as well. Like, um, this was a masterpiece. It's a shame that within six months we're going to see somebody else drinking blood. Like, the things that are going to get stolen from this match and bastardised and ruined. But, yeah, it was amazing to be watching the first one and realising you were watching something iconic as it was happening. Did the Brian Cage involvement bother you at all? Not really. Um, when, pay, when I think it was when Nana pulled Swerve to the floor and he landed <laughs> on his feet, I was like, Swerve's winning this. And I think I was waiting for what it was going to be that was going to give Swerve yeah. victory. That was the other thing I wanted to say about the finish. Um, all our 2019 vibes. These Texas death matches with the chains, like, after what Hangman did to Moxley... That's basically Hangman saying, well, this is mine now. The Texas death match is mine, and I've beaten John Moxley with a chain to prove it. And, like, this is my house. No, it's Swerve's house. To use that exact finish, I think it was really nice because it shows over the course of six months, Page isn't right at all. He's just lost his big match in the same way he supposedly won one. Mm. Things are not fixed. In Hang That black cloud that he talked about when this feud started has not cleared. I still think that there's 95% of the man in Swerve. 5% where it can get a little bit corny for me, not in this match. Mm. It would be promotional malpractice if he isn't a major AEW world champion next year on the yeah, back of this. Like, absolutely. What would they be doing? It would be one of their biggest sins ever if they don't get there with him after this. Yeah, people talk, we'll get to the comments in due course after we've run we through all the matches. Will. He's not forgotten. But people are talking about, you know, maybe Swerve should now be the devil off the back of all this. Or I think he should win the belt. I think yeah, you should probably beat MJF. Unquestionably. I think we got a question on the news as well this morning about this. Like, I'm not a deathmatch guy. You guys both know this, but I could not take my eyes off this. More like a skit guy. Yeah. <laughs> more, uh, <laughs> and tits. more of a let's go to let's go to chase you rather than let's cage someone's head in oh. with a cinder block or whatever. But yeah, I mean the I think the the worst part of this match for me, the bit that I felt the most was the bit you mentioned with the child's painting because the first time I think the staple went in but the picture didn't stay so they were like well we're just going to have to do it again and I was like oh, I agree to like, I no. see I didn't need proof because yeah. it was one of those things right where uh, it would really really knack but it's not like going to give you CTE mm. realistically but I was like I believe it but I like, I like the, the no it's proof he has proof bang yeah <laughs> We definitely want the picture on his face. Yeah. Can't stress that enough. And then he didn't do another bit on his arm or something. He stapled uh, something yeah. on his arm. 
Just brutal. Uh, oh, it was gross. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Nicholas. This match made me do this quite a lot, uh, quite often. <laughs> it was a big one. It was a big one. Oh, it was a big one. I got off. <laughs> Apologies, by the way, if you can hear any drilling. Uh, they're just putting a roof on the gaming office. Let's <laughs> hang on, page and swerve. Blew it off. It's more work done than Vince McMahon this building. It <laughs> does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk Gargoyle. about the next match. It was the Golden Jets. The grumpy Young Bucks. <laughs> uh, of course, Golden Jets lose. They have to split. Young Bucks, who, spoiler, did lose, means that they have lost their, their title shot. Brandon Cutler tweeting, they're going to take some time away. I think it's all the work. Obviously, we talked about this on the news with uh, with Andy this morning, and Cutler's going to be their mouthpiece, I think, coming back. Or We'll talk about that. L- talk- I, mm, as heels, there's, yeah, this has got room to grow. And maybe maybe Hangman Page sidles up to them now. Now he's can't he can't even win this big one. No, no, he's get away from me. He's kick a lot of ass and win some titles yeah. and prove this ass all wrong. That's what <laughs> Hangman Page needs to do right now. No, no, no. Uh, the Young Bucks keep the elite away. I'm not suggesting that they should. I'm saying that's an option for them. But yeah, what do you make of the match? Well, on some level, right? On some level, and I only say this because of what a masterpiece, like a genre. Greatest ever violence weapons match we're talking ever. On some level, this tag match is one of the most impressive matches I might have ever seen. <laughs> I don't know how you got the crowd that you did in mm. the last five minutes. Like, it took ages. And isn't you would never go back really and watch this match in and of itself and call it a classic. Maybe you wouldn't even go back in and of itself just watching the match from bell to bell and say that was an amazing top-tier, proper caliber, Kenny Omega or Young Bucks, or even Jericho, Matt, right? To do what they did and how they got there for the last five minutes was seriously, seriously impressive because I thought they had no chance. You were watching it kind of die for a long time, and it's quite sad. I'm a huge, obviously, fan of Bucks and Omega um, in particular, and it was just like they're just not doing it. It's not clicking. This one's fated to die. Yeah, if you'd asked me beforehand, if you'd given me most of the card and said, uh, third match from the end is going to be this wild Texas death match, uh, main event is going to be MJF versus Jay White. We put it in the middle. I would have put my entire house. Yeah, yeah. Being the like TBS title. For Very example. professional from the Young Bucks. Genuinely, yeah. like because they've not done that in the past. Realistically, nor Jericho. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think they deserve a bit of credit, even if it's kind of like uh, yeah. maybe an aberration. But I, uh, the story they told was never going to work. When you're so spent from that, uh, just. That experience, and that's what it was, an experience, Texas death. Like, if Jericho blades his arm, it's like, well, I want a boo-boo. I, did, I thought that immediately. <laughs> i got to get a little boo-boo. Chris Jericho's got a little boo-boo. Like, who cares? You know Crime what I mean? River. It's like, uh, <laughs> me River. In, in Naka, the main event as well. Like, that death match, you probably can't do an injury angle of any description yeah. on a show that's with that match. That's the thing. I was very impressed by MGF, and I'll reiterate this when it's time for that review, to get the crowd as much as mm-hmm. he did. But, like, it's one of those where it's like, it would have been interesting to track. If this was, like, third, and he's still, like, boom, wide awake, haven't been exhausted yet. Oh, Jericho can't go for that move. Oh, you might not be able to do the line tamer. You might have these questions about the dramatic sort of things that can't be done in this match because of the injury. And then sort of like, oh, can he get it? Can he get it? Who cares? (laughs) You know what I mean? Who cares? And the super kicking of the arm, it's like, oh, that's really clever. Who cares? Like, tracking which arm doesn't matter you can't really do anything in the last five minutes of this 
with like the Nick Jackson going, oh no, I wasn't going to kick in the balls, Kenny. And then Matt's like, well, I am the rest of them. <laughs> Boom. That tease for the V trigger oh, was oh, so good. It was like, mm, they are my best friends, so I could turn on him, but like, oh, you've just been such an annoying <laughs> recently. I'm like, just going to V trigger you in the back of the head because you deserved some sense. You deserved like giving someone a shake, so it's going to V trigger the back of your head. That was amazing. The best bit. After that V-trigger, right, bear in mind, I'm a Kenny Omega, like, Stan. I'm sorry, I just am. And I love the story he's telling and how believable it is that, you know, he's an athlete in decline. Um, I've told that story for a few years now, but part of me just does miss the athlete. Did you see the pace at which he did the drop step, the penetration step, Willborn, to get behind after V-Trigger yes. and Nick Jackson in the head. Yeah. Drop step, snap dragon, snap dragon to Matt Jackson. It's like it's 2016 again. So good. And I'm, what do they say? Eating. <laughs> <laughs> because Kenny Omega is serving 2016 pace and athleticism, and I'm eating the 2016 pace and athleticism. Food. He just looked like, when he's in there with certain people, and he himself said this um, about the Osprey matches, he just gets unlocked. He feels like when I'm with certain wrestlers in there, I just have to be as fast or as good as I used to be. It just gets unlocked. And he's obviously in there with the books and they deem themselves to the elite. So it's like, oh my God, you're moving like that again. It was absolutely thrilling. The, and then they got that classic Young Bucks finishing sequence where they always feel like they are a second away from victory, but then a second after that, they're a second away from mm. defeat. That code break counter from The Undertaker. Oh my God. The last five minutes of this were amongst the most five impressive minutes of pro wrestling I've seen all year under the circumstances, but in and of itself, not really a classic match. Yeah, I was probably about on par with what I thought it was going to be because I just knew that Jericho... I think, yeah, the, the story was flawed. Yeah. Like, like this again? They, they were like, they were, they were very careful not to tell you, oh, this is going to be like the Golden Lovers one or this is going to be like the Revolution 2021. They stayed away from that on purpose because I just think they knew it's different this time. There's not quite as much love for the characters or the story or indeed Chris Jericho and indeed what can Jericho do. So I'm surprised thought, Jericho didn't do this in 2020, actually. Yeah, he sure he would have had a bit of it, wouldn't he? Like, yeah. Oh, the league guys are getting pretty old. I'm kind of the last guys to have friends, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, this was good enough for me, quite honestly. This It was... An achievement, and that sounds patronising because obviously these four have done a million things in wrestling before. Mm. But yeah, following the match was no mean feat, and the, like the bulk of the story basically went to waste, didn't it? Like here's this really nice thing that everybody's too busy going to the toilet or recovering from something else to really dig into. But this is where I want to give credit to the booking of AEW in general is that I was really invested in that last hot four or five minutes because I really cared about the winners. Like I wanted. Uh, Jericho and Omega to win and take the shot, off, take the shot off the books because I wanted to like see where this like tantrum in this heel turn is going to go because that match on Wednesday was class mm -hmm. and it was like here's a look at what you're going to get out of the young books as part of this heel turn. So I was like, yes, please, I want more of that. So you have got to take this title reign off them. You can't just now split the the Golden Jets up. And I just felt engaged in why these characters want to win. And again. That's when I don't care if the match is any good. That is when I don't care that I'm not watching a Young Bucks classic or a Kenny Omega classic because the result matters. And Jericho and Omega, Jericho and Omega versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Ugh, that's strange. Like, again, that's like black and white filter on a Tony something. It's like, well, look, that's a bit different to what I expected. <laughs> like, that's, it's far more interesting to me that this occurred and the Young Bucks now are going to go off in this different direction than had we just, like, maintained the status quo and Kenny and the Bucks try to stay friends. 
I was genuinely like on the hook for the exchanges because of that young book's ability to be like, we're winning. Oh God, we've lost. Yeah. And it just <laughs> it flips that quickly. So I do at like for a number of these matches, I just felt like oh, I'm keen to see where this goes next on Dynamite, mm. and that's been lacking so much yeah. on these pay-per-views this year. All right, let's talk about the main event then. MJF versus, well, sorry, Jay White versus Adam Cole, followed by Jay White. The idea that this could conceivably have existed is preposterous in, like, MJF's right there. It's ridiculous. Sorry, sorry. Eventually, uh, MJF versus Jay White uh, for the AEW world title. Uh, Despite uh, adversity, MJF leaves as champion. Yeah. You know what the worst thing is? And maybe I'm guilty of this. I try not to be. Is You know what everybody else thought was wrong with this match? Well... Got the real take here. <laughs> um, like, I didn't care that MGF, maybe because it just looked the tits, but I didn't care that MGF struggled through the knee injury and did that vertical leap to do the cutter and yeah. take him outside of the ring. It's like, you're joking. That's <laughs> un freaking believable mm. because professional wrestling operates on, like, this emotional logic. Like, it's it, that... That I didn't make sense that the wrestler did that. Have you seen wrestling before? <laughs> None of it does. It all depends on the extent to which you are willing to suspend your disbelief, and you have to do it at least quite a bit to watch pro wrestling. Understand some things don't really work in context, but then look at Road Warrior Hawk. You know, he's cooler than everybody else's favorite wrestler, basically. I didn't really hate that because the idea is that he is, and it's quite a timeless one, is that he is drawing on the support of the crowd to do something the likes of which his body ordinarily would not be capable. So I get it. That's not my big problem with the match, even though a lot of people, and I can understand their position as well. It was a bit, oh, that move. It's one thing to fight back, but to do that one after all that. It's a Rollins complaint quite often, isn't yes, it? Yes, so maybe you could justify it. Then. It's because the move was so spectacular, maybe, that I was willing to let it slide. I'm way more pedantic about story beats on episode of TV than I am about moves in a wrestling match, but that's by the by. My problem with this match, right, is that, one, it was structurally very similar to one of my favorite matches of all time, Jay White versus Kota Ibushi, the 2019 G1 Climax final. Very, very structurally similar. I just didn't think it was as good, so it was already felt diminished. And as I said earlier, I was already in a mood because of that convoluted, illogical, contradictory, quite frankly, nightmare of a storyline. Um, I kind of appreciate them for trying to think of something that addressed the very the elephant in the room. Oh, that's you. That's you. That they botched this build and maybe some of the people in it didn't level up or whatever. It was cold. It was one of the coldest AEW title programs. Yeah, maybe this was like a big frantic over slash underthought um, overcorrection. I just thought... My big thing, right, with MJF is that it's so he's so great most of the time. The other times he's frustratingly brilliant because if he could he's got everything that you could possibly want in a professional wrestler and more, and he's so much more goddamn captivating, entertaining than a million people I watch on television. The it's one thing there's people I watch on TV, it's like, well, you're not good at this, you don't really captivate me, you're not that charismatic, you can't really talk that well, you just do nothing for me. You'll never say that about MGF. Unlike them, who don't have the ability to just get charisma out of nowhere or be like really, like really funny in like a really cruel way, like MGF can be, is that all he needs to do is stop doing things as opposed to what 
99% of his peers need to do is to do things that they can't do. Mm. And this thing with MGF, that and he's, this is his own marketing and self-promotion, I just thought it really got in the way for me during this match, is that he keeps tweeting something along the following, and he keeps saying this in press conferences, best Iron Man match, best four-way match, best collision main event and he wants the story of this reign to be this is the best version of that this is the best version of that this was the best version of that this was the best version of that and the longest title holder as well i could just feel during this match with the story and the pilmanizing the ankle i think i just really got the impression he wanted people to say oh that was the best underdog baby face fighting from underneath performance ever and i just could see that in the match rather than feel the actual fighting from underneath underground uh, underdog performance. I just thought it was a little bit tell don't show and because that was the key story it just got in its own way for me. I just thought they really, really overthought it. Um, a general note on MGF because he's the epicenter of conversation right now is that like you got to give him his credit for how good he's been most of the time during this title reign. Um, I can understand MGF fatigue. You kind of invite this when you really go for these long title reigns, but I think the idea that he's some kind of box office poison and identity-destroying guy, it's just so unbelievably, like, uh, capricious. Well, I just I, ref- I said there's always been a case in wrestling companies when business falls off that there's an in-ring boogeyman for this. It's Tony Khan. It's the it's the booker. MJF does have a big hand in his own creative. To and be I, fair, and he should. He's the world champion. He's the top guy. I think MJF. I disagree slightly, but based on our experience of the match, can I say one thing yeah. very quickly? I personally didn't really buy the selling as much. Mm-hmm. By the end of this match, you had that entire arena rocking. Yeah. So as an objective thing for what they set out to do to get those fans in the building in the story, which by the way, it's apparently drawn more than Wrestle Dream as a pay per view. Mm-hmm. If people want a referendum on his drawing yeah, yeah. prowess, it worked for them. It just didn't really work for me that much. Well, listen, it worked for me. My heart was beating out my chest with those near falls, and not a single time during the build, other than maybe week one, did I think Jay White was going to win the title. And I did like three separate times in that match. I think MJF here, if he's got this hand in creative, right, and he said, right, we're going to direct the match to go this way because I've got the, like, you're making me fight Jay White, but this is how we're going to do it to make it entertaining and make it matter. I think he was. And I think he gets accused correctly of sometimes thinking too big and overthinking a situation and how to solve a problem that maybe doesn't need the solution he's bringing to the table. But I can think of at least two, and there's probably more, AEW world title matches or main events of pay-per-views where something has gone on the undercard that the main event simply cannot follow. Kenny Reagan and Christian Cage could not follow all out 21 brackets general. Hangman Page and Jericho. And Jericho. Couldn't fo- like Hangman Page and Adam Cole couldn't follow Punk and MJF. They got heat. They did get heat. Not uh, like I just don't think people speak as fondly about that main event yeah. as they do about the dog collar match. These pay per views are supposed to have loads of everything, and often like the title ends up sort of suffering for that because there's almost a little bit more excitement. There's a frisson around a mid carder ascending or a challenger ascending than this title match that you've now seen the two interact. Mm. I genuinely think this entire story, the show long story and the match that it created was MJF's attempt to make all of this matter more and to leave you with a takeaway and leave you in the memory. It was evidenced in the building coming alive for those near falls. I think the Adam Cole story is like alive and well, even though I know that there's just as many debates around the devil and 
bro chachos as there is around MJF and, you know, the damage he's supposedly doing to AEW. I just think this was, and I will be willing to say it might be a failure if you didn't enjoy the match. But again, I think this was a real noble attempt to just make these title matches matter, knowing what they might have to potentially follow on the mm-hmm. show. Ultimately, you shouldn't have to be in that situation. Book your title program like it's the best thing on the show, mm-hmm. which again, to me, comes back to the booker, the booking, and whatever MJF's got to do with that. I just, I was on the hook for a title change, and I wasn't for the duration of this storyline, and I thought that was really impressive. My criticism of the match, too long. For the story that you were telling, yeah. MJF selling the knee, he overcomes the odds, he kind of John Cena's it. I'll take... <laughs> 15 minutes of that, not 30. It did. T- it, it, was, it stretched suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Yeah, I did buy uh, some of the pinfalls because I thought, well, if he doesn't win, he becomes Jamie and Sandow. But that's Jay White for the <laughs> done, finish now. Um, yeah, it didn't. It was not a good night for Jay White. No, not It at all. really wasn't. And that is maybe an actual failure as a champion because mm-hmm. you're meant to really leave them something to go on to yeah. have. Down the road, potential opponent for MJF. We've I forgot to mention earlier on. Will Osprey is all elite brav. Thoughts? Uh, he sounded like Sorry. a... My anxiety's kicking in, so I've had about 10 different text <laughs> messages. Will Osprey. I know it's unprofessional, but I've, I've got anxiety. Leave me alone. It was, it was big news, but he sounded like a big idiot cutting that promo, but you get what you pay for. Like, this was... <laughs> he's going to go and have the best matches in the world, and then in three months he'll be just a guy. Like... He's like most people's wrestler of the year, mm-hmm. has these fantastic matches. It's a huge signing. It is a huge, huge signing. WWE will have definitely wanted him. Yeah. He's definitely chosen AEW. Like, presumably, there's like a, there's a the pre existing relationship with New Japan and AEW has had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's great that he Very wants sorry. to see out his professional commitments in New Japan and all that sort of stuff. Like, this was a terrible promo. It was rubbish. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter because he's going to... What's he doing? He's, yeah, what the hell was he doing? He's going to turn up in February and he's going to have these class matches. And then by the summer, he'll either be world champion or just a guy. Tony Khan wants him to sell Wembley tickets, so I get that. It wasn't good. What? He was like bollocking the audience who really greeted him enthusiastically. And then stayed. Is that just a mask slipping? Because he's a, quiet. Because he's like a bit of a knob. Uh, uh, the story is, and he's somehow clever enough to tell it, is how he's matured. Yeah. Will, he's matured his will. Forget all of those, that Twitter history of his. Mm. Ugh, yikes. Oh, he's matured now, bruv. Took him longer than months, but yeah, he's matured. Like, is it just the mask slipping? Like, what was he doing? Right. I'll just say He's trying to rule himself out of the devil conversation. I think like, he was, I'm here, but I'm not going to be, I know, you know, I understand yeah. what he was trying to, t- trying to do here. I, right. Will Ospreay is obviously, I'm not dumb. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best, right? I don't think he is the solution to AEW's problems. Genuinely, I don't, because I think they've tried hire the best wrestler plenty of times before, and I think Will Ospreay will have some fabulous matches. Mm-hmm. They're going to get Omega Ospreay 3. That's a result. You know, They're going to get him in something huge at Wembley. I think this is big. I think this absolutely paid off the build. I, there's, you know, there's no debate around this no, or no, anything no. like that. It's a massive get for them, huge. I don't think he's the answer. I, I don't think AEW is magically... In the same way that I don't think when MJF loses the belt, people want him to go to the Fed... That doesn't fix it. I don't mm-hmm. think Osprey arriving fixes the problems either. It's a signing, though. It's a good signing. It's an incredible signing. Like, not only is he amazing in and of himself, what he does to other wrestlers simply by working them is mm. unbelievable. Right, 15 minutes to go. Let's dive into the uh, comment section and the questions. Thank you to everyone who sent them in and uh, for all of your donations. Uh, Mr. Phoenix starts us off. AW just announced a vampire fatal four-way for end of the world or whatever the December nonsense is. Uh, Gangrel versus Kevin Thorne versus Vampiro versus Hangman. 
right? Oh, because of the blood drinking. Uh, yes. Miss Phoenix, that's rubbish. <laughs> that's really, really, that's bad patter. Do better. Uh, Eric Thanks Grass, for your donation. Eric Grasquez, loving the Gangrel reference, though. It says Gangrel goated. Afternoon, Daddy <laughs> Actually, Boys. Actually, if that's triggered more donations, keep, yeah, that's fine. Uh, um, uh, you are the effing Dadly Boys and the Father's Aid. <laughs> um, Eric Vasquez, just, just woken up. Going to be disappointed when the devil is revealed and it's not Swerve now, unless it's Dapunka. It's definitely not Dapunka. I don't know Phil Brooks personally. I've only enjoyed being in, irritated by, in equal measure, the CM Punk character. I would bet the house that he thinks the devil and the way it's framed is the lamest thing on earth. And he's pretty much indicated that on social media <laughs> already. And that if he was the devil, and we know that he has his hand in the creative when he was in, a in AEW, he would make sure it looked at Don's site less lame than it does. Yeah. I don't think it's worthy either. I don't think so. Like, unless they were going to pivot. I don't I don't. I certainly yeah, don't maybe. think they started as Swerve. And I don't I think they'll pivot I either. still don't care. I, I do. <laughs> I do. I like Are you saying Callis still? Or? I think Don Callis or Adam Cole. Like, I think more I Adam, think Adam Cole, Cole after, yeah. after after Saturday. Yeah, and the, the own, I've, I've put the ring on bloody Yeah, oh, yeah aye, well, that's it. It's the Santos Ray thing from the other week with the brass yeah. knuckles, isn't it? You know? We've done it. Well, everything went to plan. <laughs> um, OG Stem Cell, thank you for your donation. Swerve is set for stardom. Just going to stay in AW. <laughs> uh, having to see Hangman do what he's best at, getting others over. Is that his real time? I, mean, I, I think he's a genius at, I think he's a professional wrestling genius. I tweeted um, on the weekend, like, Hangman Page has had considerably greater matches than a lot of US-based wrestlers, past and present, whose names it would be sacrilegious to mention. I just didn't want to mention people specifically, <laughs> right? And just invite the mutants or yeah. whatever in the mentions. You throw the name, and obviously recency bias plays a part here, but if you throw a name at me about who's like a really good US wrestler, past or present, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Paige is better than like a select few. A select few. He can be Foley, right? He can take you on an emotional journey like you did between 2020 and 2021 that very, very, very few people have. His promos are unbelievable. He should do it more often, but when he wants to go home, he will take you there and make you pay for it. Mm. He's so funny. Um, he can drive a real emotional response, and he can be Mick Foley at the same time. I need him to have a second run with that belt without... It was just... It was the timing was so bad. Yeah. I don't think it was yeah. amazing in and of itself, believe me, but like... If you didn't have, oh, I've just signed Danielson and CM Punk and Adam Cole a month before we're belting you. It's just, I'd love to see a second go around. I think, he, he, I mean, of course he deserves it at some point. It's going to be interesting to see because I do think it will go better second time around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Marcel Laviolette says, Morning Legends, I reposted the Swerve post-match promo. Have you seen, that's awesome. You oh, seen it's that? absolutely incredible. I've seen this now. Uh, it's on Marcel's Twitter. Um, have you seen it yet, says Marcel. After Full Gear, who has the better character development, MJF or Hangman? Uh, Hangman pending the next few weeks. Yeah. I think it's critical. Like, the, uh, that Black Cloud promo has largely been forgotten now. But, you know, we, we were led to believe that was all about CM Punk and that. But just in general, you could take, look, how is it really going in AEW? It's not gotten better, has it? Guy came into his home. He drank his blood, but he lost. Mm. And wrestling's still supposed to be about wins and losses. And he's lost a Texas death match. So it's Hangman Page because I just think MJF. I'm still I'm still back in MJF, yeah. but it's time to lose the title. Whereas Page still feels like this is fairly fresh. What was the question? 
Who's got the better, better character development, MJF or Page? Who needs it or just... After Full Gear, who has the better character development? Oh, Page. Uh, Marcel also says, please someone get a handful of strong beer tomorrow above 6%. Jesus, in front of no. the microphones. Are you no, kidding? no, no. Session and food. It's yeah. the way to do it. We'll be doing the uh, Dadly Boys live at on the Mosaic Tap tomorrow. And if you want to get your hands on one of these fantastic posters that we will sign as well, if, if for a small fee. Um, no, I'm joking. We will sign them for you. Um, but if you come in, please do bring cash or download the PayPal app because it's all very convoluted, but you could be able to get your hands on them tomorrow night uh, for our live show. We will not be able to accept card. We will not be able to accept card, yes. So download the PayPal, PayPal app on your phone or just, just bring good old-fashioned cash. Uh, <laughs> Joshua Hill, we've got 10 minutes or, or left. Or good old-fashioned Dax. 10 pounds, thank you. Uh, we have 10 minutes left. Okay. Joshua Hill Lavender says, G'day, Cobbies. Their death match was the incarnation of the U6 flipper, Chent. However, uh, at a left field call for the devil, <laughs> Darby Allen, the man that death forgot, even retiring steam, possibly. Thoughts? Uh, you could, I guess. Is there any reason to rule him out yet? Darby Allen is the devil. He's not. There's no. He's not Slight not as anyone. well, in terms of like when people say. You, yes, need, you need him to create movement for Sting. Sting is not going to be associated with a heel for the rest of his career, much less until March. For how l I don't see them dragging out this devil thing until March. Like, even if the plan was, it's not going well for them. Like it's not going well for them. Like this is not. This is the TNA thing. It is. I'm sorry. It is a little bit TNA. So I can't see them dragging this out until March. The timeline for it to be Derby, knowing what he has to be. In terms of staying, it's just I can't see that happening. And I, there's no real reason to turn Darby. Maybe no. one day, but mm. he's just the best baby face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not right now. In ring, anyway. Uh, Kid Icarus, cheers for the donation, says, uh, quick question, should Swerve secure stardom by becoming AW World Champ next year? Uh, it's insanity if he isn't. He has spectacularly showcased supreme skills all year. For me, he must be champ. <laughs> Cheers. No, that's I said during the review, like, it's promotional malpractice if he isn't the top heel next year. Nothing short, nothing less. After that performance, after that work, he is, and it's the competition. It's not like, quite like the Attitude Era. Oh, we're all sharks in that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at everyone else who could have been given the opportunity, right, we'll give you the Hangman match on pay-per-view. We'll give you a lot of TV time. Could have been like Roosh, Takeshita. There's like millions of them. Swerve was the one who broke from that pack and deserved it. Yeah. You can feel it too. It'd be a blown opportunity if they don't. Oh, it's all, yeah. yeah. Better better match the Texas Death than Omega Mox lights out, says John Catter. I, I was, I really loved that match. This was considerably better in every conceivable way. I didn't like the match and agree. <laughs> yeah, John John says, Swerve and Hangman obviously stole the show. Do we need a part three? Now there's a world title match. That's it's what's great about this in a year's time. Yeah. This like, was so scary and so great. And again, it just underscores how great this match was that not only do I not know how they could conceivably top it, I might even be too frightened to watch them try. <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about with this match. Uh, thank you, Jamie Phillips. Says, I've never managed to follow one of these live, so here's a fiver or a flim, as we call them, in Belfast. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, as well as that, thank you to Curtis Santiago. Says, first time unable to be live. Shout out from Geneva, Ohio. Oh, thanks, um, Gavin Wilson says, with Hamlet posting... Callum Wilson? Gavin Wilson. Ah. Um, 
With Hamlet posting Punk and MGS first interaction on X, how much would you have loved the uh, feud ran back with Babyface heel dynamics reverse? I'd watch those two feuds forever. It's not gonna like Punk's not come back to AEW. I wish he was. Like I wish Five he was. Five days we've got to wait for his return. Well, that's because I'm worried he's not come back to the Fed either, which is why I wish. He, I just wish he was coming back somewhere. Uh, yeah, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. There was probably a version of that that would have happened. Punk looked pretty pissed off when MJF was more over than him in Chicago that time. You would have got there eventually. They would have feuded forever. It always would have been class. We lost it. <sighs> we didn't lose it. Someone threw it away. Mm. And one Crimey day I will forgive Jack Perry for that. <laughs> also, Gavin says, see you tomorrow night. Should be a cracker. Ah, ah, see you tomorrow, Gavin. To Gavin. Um, Drew C says, good morning. Right now, the devil has attacked Jay and the acclaimed. Neither seems to be really that be bad for either MJF or Adam. What is needed from the devil to make the revelation matter? Sorry, I was I got a message earlier that I did not want to read. Um, <laughs> what is needed from the devil to make the revelation of who it is matter? Because attacking Jay and the acclaimed doesn't seem to be that bad for either MJF or Adam. Yeah, no, this whole thing's been again like I just it, the plot's been lost in terms of the creative. Like the devil, like Jay White didn't care about the devil that was fundamental in making yes. me personally. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people not care. This devil's not effective. This devil seems like this. The The motive of the devil is to get people to think that MGF is a bad person. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. But he isn't anymore. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, who's... who's like, who's? I don't know. Well, it's the point it's that, that Adam Cole or dis- MJF has got to be attacked for this to... For it to potentially be one or the other. Oh, if, you hate, if you hate MGF so much, why don't you just bash him up? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather yeah. than frame him. For, it's like you're framing him for a crime. You're framing him as a bad person. Convincing, oh, like, you know, we'll beat up your friends. I don't know. Is there someone who wants to corrupt MGF? To either... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a corruption at play. It's someone who wants to beat up the acclaim and say, see, Max, if you try to be good, it doesn't matter, you'll always be bad. Yes. Who's interested in turning MGF heel? Uh, but yes, this is exactly what's happening. Cynical internet wrestling fans. Like, <laughs> or the devil, because they're the only one who wants them to see be heel again at this point. There was a, this moment about Richard Holiday, wasn't there, who has previous MGF life and doesn't like him becoming a good guy. That's a... That's one of them Christopher kind of, Daniels. That's like, so, like, power. Sort of, like sort of... Oh, him. <laughs> like... But yet, to answer your question, yes. Like, this devil is, like, trying to show MJF that they've taken the wrong route, mate. Like, what's what's having friends been worth to you, really? Like, I'll just beat him up and show you that this has been a waste of time. the longest AEW world title You should be the worst guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon Bethune. Just make it more like sport. Who's on the do? Make it a bit more like sport. Brandon Bethune says, do you guys think AEW and MJF have wasted the bidding war of 2024 story by fully committing to him as a babyface? Also, see you guys tomorrow live. Thank you. Um... I don't know. I think the thing with the MGF bidding war stuff, it's like that, I don't know, I just feel like that whole atmosphere, if you like, that wavelength, I can't really get my words out here, is kind of gone. The idea of MGF being the only person who thinks this is a rinky-dink operation in this ATM machine, you can't really tell that story when a lot of that AEW base is kind of shrinking when they're in the arena and very much divided online. There's not that this brand loyalty to stick up for it. It's like, oh, you prick. Everyone else loves it here. You're an awesome. You want to go, go there. You can wrestle on there, buy one, get one free. Stupendous. Like, and everyone was like, yes, yes, yes. None of that tracks anymore, does nah. it? Like, the world has changed <laughs> 10 different ways. I like think, that. yeah, the timeline's all wrong yeah. for that. It was a good idea at the time. Yeah. 
But then they did everything. Tony Khan plagiarized himself. Outcasts, <laughs> homegrowns. JAS, yeah. sports entertainers versus Blackpool Combat Club, real wrestlers. It's like, who cares, man? You've just ruined it again. You had this guy who was the prick who just wanted it to be an ATM machine. Cynical prick. MGF heel. And you've just applied that element of his character to like what, two or three more of your storylines. Final few questions. Uh, Ethan just simply says, recency bias, but the barbed wire chair whipping across Hangman's pa- Hangman Page's face is one of the most best gone awry spots that aids the fiction. I think we all agree oh, on that I? one. Uh, Mark Lee Willis says, much love to you guys. See you in Newcastle soon, Mark. See you tomorrow night. Hey, yeah. Strange Pixie says, love full gear. Hangman versus Swerve equals bloody glorious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam Zingales said, I wanted so badly to see Prince Nana do the dance after being out through the table while selling it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Might have undercut things somewhat. Somewhat, yes. Uh, Mr. Phoenix says, to be clear, looking forward to the Continental Classic. Bunch of awesome stars and Kingston, writes Mr. Phoenix. Oh, words, come not on. Nice. That's, that's, a nice, that's a nice dick. But did they make a new title to merge with the two other titles don't to know. make a new title? Honestly confused. I, I don't, does, has anyone got a satisfactory explanation? I've not got satisfactory brackets. It starts on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I do not know. Yeah. They have oh, they made another mess that they have to um, clean up. <laughs> Sounds like Big Show's bumping on a car. I hope so. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we'll conclude with this. Uh, thank you, Bassam Jalabne, for your donation I'm and sorry this question. Um, how ruined is JY out of 10? That'd be right, man. The Bassam. fact that you have to ask the question is not good. Mm. Again, the champion is meant to elevate the challenger to a degree. But come on. A big thing as well is that it doesn't always begin and end with the booker in pro wrestling. I think that mentality is a hangover of Vince actually being true in his case. The booker did ruin everything because <laughs> yeah. so many people that he botched on that main roster got over in NXT and elsewhere. Sometimes the performer just doesn't level up. And I've made this point to Wilborn, right, when we were previewing Collision or you know at various points over the past however many weeks. In a month's time... If I was to put either of my esteemed colleagues or my beautiful producer on the spot and say, you've got 10 seconds to tell me something that Jay White said. That wasn't one of his catchphrases oh, in that yeah. feud I'll say breathe with MGF. In a month's time. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing, not, he did, did his, there's not a soundbite. There's not a quote from one of those promos. There wasn't like this really like graphic threat. That's just a much cooler way of saying, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, even Moxley, right, on the go home with Cassidy, was like, I'm going to grind you into dust. Mm. Not one of his best, but he's still got this way of just saying the things that all wrestlers have to say. I'm going to kick your ass. Um... I'm going to win. I hate you. Those are three of the main things that a wrestler says. It's a way of delivering that in a really, really cool way. John Moxley once said, I'm napalm death. <laughs> John Moxley has said, I'm going to leave you like things that I'm going to leave you in a pile of your own blood and all these sort of stuff. Jay White has got this pretty suboptimal way of saying nothing. So what I'm ga- getting at is that even if that even if that match had gone really well and a lot more people liked it and etc 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 i still don't think if he's delivered on the night after he's been given interview time to say his own things tony khan is going to be like right wembley stadium next year He's about 10 that I need to build around to make the show as good as it could be i don't think he's putting jay white on there i just don't think he was that good in the build 
No, uh, it's not. It's not over. Like there will there will not be a burial in the next ten he's, years. He's a very England. young bloke. Yeah, like there'll be nothing in the next ten years that will compare with some of the WWE burials under the Vince era, no. and a lot of those wrestlers recovered. And like wrestling just moves forward. Like times are as marches forward with WWE and AEW. It's weekly television all the time. It'll be fine. But you just watch them decide what his level was yeah. within AEW. Yeah, there's plenty of other belts to go after in AEW, and I, I like the fact he can retreat back into that. I really like the Bing Bing Gang as a stable. I love them, and then at the same time saw where their level was yeah. during this program, and that's all right too. I think that's okay. Uh, right, well, this has been the full gear review. Thank you to everyone who's uh, joined us, whether you've just uh, just sat and watched or you donated or you've asked questions. Uh, thank you so much uh, for doing so. And we will be back well, this time next week to review Survivor Series War Games, of course. Um, continue the conversation with us <laughs> on social media at WhatCultureWWE. You actually can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas. Uh, join us tomorrow night for our live show. It's sold out. £10 <laughs> cash. Or sold out. Download the PayPal app for your phone. Yeah, join us if you're coming. I mean, just remember it's tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> and in the interim, if you want to uh, enjoy more content, what Culture Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts right now available, the SmackDown Review and the Raw Preview. Uh, and we'll be back to revo- review Monday Night Raw tomorrow. But for now, this has been the full gear review. My thanks to Hamlet, to Sidgwick, to Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.